You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 271 of the Comic Book Informer Podcast, coming to you on July 12th. What's up this week, Raj? I can alt tab again with my thumb. That's awesome. And it doesn't hurt. I I mean, I I, I still can't bend it further than like 15% is stretching it. But I can alt tab. Pretty soon I'll be jumping in Overwatch again. (laughs) That's my ultimate goal. Not to have full functionality of my thumb again, but to be able to jump in games. Hit that space bar. That's how high the bar is on my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, this week we've been getting a lot of stuff from Marvel about the this coming fall and their Marvel Now relaunches, not re, well, some relaunches, new titles, what have you. And overall, I'm pretty uh, unimpressed. <laughs> I mean, do we really need three different titles spinning off characters from the Deadpool miniseries nobody read? That said, one did catch my eye, and that's the new version of The Champions. Champions best known as the terrible comic from back in the 70s that starred Iceman, Angel, Hercules, Ghost Rider, and the Black Widow. It was an absolute disaster to the point where it's still a recurring joke in Marvel Comics. Well, attempting to reclaim that name is characters that both of us really care about, and it's great to see Kamala Khan... Miss Marvel, Sam Alexander Nova, and Miles Morales Spider-Man kind of getting away from the Avengers thing and teaming up with other young heroes to try and make a difference in the world in their own way. And that's something I'm pretty interested in. They're also teaming up with the new Hulk, Amadeus Cho. And I saw everybody freaking out about Viv being there. And I'm like, who the hell is Viv? <laughs> I have no idea who this is until I finally saw a picture of the cover and I went, oh, it's the weird vision girl because – She's not weird, you racist. <laughs> I hadn't been reading the comic. Like it looked interesting but also kind of weird and uh, whatever. So I figured, all right, everybody has been telling me this comic is great. Over the last 270 episodes, you'll know that's usually code for it really isn't. <laughs> However, I – absolutely loved the first six issues of this vision series. What's funny is that when, when I saw that this is what you wanted to do for this week, I groaned. I'm not going to lie. And I mm-hmm. thought, Oh, it was only a matter of time be before the bastard made me read something horrible again. And I say that only because I tried to read the first issue and I never even made it through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just, for whatever reason, at that time when it first came out, I read it and I just – it didn't hook me. It it didn't feel right. But of course, I was going to read these here anyways and, and and be prepared. And I'm so glad you recommended them because in rereading them or this issue, getting through the whole thing also and then reading each of the sub- subsequent issues this is a spectacular series actually and – it draws on so many parallels with quote unquote real life as well. And, and the issues that a couple goes through uh, issues that parents go through and different things like that. Like it is, 
surprisingly well written. I, I'm so glad that I was able to return to it, give it a shot, and and appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, the comic is written by Tom King, art by Gabriel Hernandez Volta and Jordi Belair. And I think, at least for me, why I overlooked this was it just came out at a time where like there was just so much going on. You know, we had new X Men comics, we had new Spider Man comics, you know, all this Avengers stuff going on. Like, it, it was, you know, do I really want to read the weird comic about the android raising a family? Like, and like a lot of that is like the marketing, the covers. Like, it's this very weird, like, kind of that fallout feeling of this faux nineteen fifties, you know, nuclear family thing. And I'm like, ah, eh, I don't know, I'm not that into it. But again, once you break it down and actually read it, and what it does with those tropes and these characters is astonishing to me. What I equate it to is, again, the, the analogy that you have to give, give people when you re- recommend they watch Battlestar Galactica, the mm-hmm. remake, and tell them this is not a sci-fi show. It's a drama that's set in a sci-fi universe. And it's like what you were saying when I went into this initially, Vision that is, I was expecting a superhero comic book. And I'm not saying that's necessarily even what I wanted, but that's what my expectation was. Right. So then as you're reading it and you realize this is really not a superhero comic book at all. It is a family comic book. I don't say that to mean a comic for families to read together. It's a comic book about a family. It just so happens there are these synthetic robots. So that's what this is. And yeah, I think call the androids. Yeah. I think you need to go into it expecting that because if you don't, much like when I first read it, you're just going to start stop partway through and and think, well, this is either A, boring, or B, doesn't necessarily make sense with what I was expecting. But if you go in expecting a, a stellar family comic book, comic book about a family, the troubles of their, the, the, their powers and things that they can do, as well as how they're understood by society, as well as choices they make and how those choices impact the the robots versus how they would impact us as people and the similarities that they're in. Like mm-hmm. as someone who has been doing a lot of different research and things like that on robots, on AI and different things like that, for some reason, all of a sudden now uh, rereading, it was like, oh my God, this touches on so many things that I've been reading on that I'm interested in that are superbly cool and interesting, especially like some of these issues, like after spoiler, obviously, and we'll get into it. I'm sure you'll get into it, but like after she kills Mm -hmm. the guy and then she is having problems dealing with it. And that whole N and P thing of how a computer algorithm tries to solve problems and whatnot and what that's doing to her and how there's a parallel between that and how we deal with issues as well and problems again brilliantly written i really really enjoyed it yeah for those who aren't aware the entire concept of the comic is we have the vision you know the well-known avenger for decades if you don't know he was a synthesoid 
created by Ultron, and his programming was based on the brainwave patterns of Simon Williams, Wonder Man. So he could think and act like a normal person, but not exactly, if you will. So at, at some point, he erased his memories, Some something to do with Ultron. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with too many of the Avengers titles. But what he decided to do was to relearn, you know, what it means to be a part of humanity, whether he's an actual human or not, was he created a family for himself. He created a wife, Virginia, basing her programming off the brainwave patterns of the Scarlet Witch, which that's a whole complicated thing in and of itself, given that Vision used to be married to the Scarlet Witch. Comics, everybody. Dude, the scene where he is showing the tree. Oh, my God. And... Just the drawing is spectacular. The words are very good as well, obviously, mm-hmm. how she grows unusually quiet and no one notices. But just the look of her with her arms folded, head mm-hmm. down, eyes down, it was like, I, oh, my God. Volta does such an amazing job on the artwork here because them not being fully human, they're not completely expressive. But he's able to contort their facial emotions as well as their body language to give them just enough to convey an emotion without them being completely like there's a very uncanny valley thing going on here that works perfectly the body language is what sets it apart Um, certainly there are different scenes where you see a lot you do see a lot of facial expression especially in the kids but There are so many panels that you have to look at again and again to see what it is that they're trying to convey by means of just their body language. Case in point, I'm looking at one right now, and all it is is um, Vision walking away from home and his wife in the doorway, and it's just – even though you can barely see her, you see how she's standing, how her hands are mm-hmm. crossed. That's, that's when he was going to the, the police department, right? No, no. This oh, is okay. just an issue. Uh, I think, hell, this is issue one. But again, it's it's barely noticeable because it's so small. But when you look at it, even just that, again, says a lot about the character and what it is that she's thinking. The The, the art in this was spectacular for a lot of different reasons, not just because it was a cool art style that I liked, not just because the colors were phenomenal, but because of how much is conveyed by body language alone, which is not something that you see this much of in, in comics. And when you do, you really do appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And then just continuing with the explanation, what vision then does is he takes an amalgamation of his brainwave patterns and Virginia's to create the twins, Vin and Viv. As I said, Viv will be co-starring in the upcoming Champion series as all American teenagers and sends them to high school. This is just such a bizarre funhouse mirror version of all these traditional like family sitcoms that we grew up watching. And it's, it's so fantastic because as we said, the artwork does a great job of conveying it. But what really drew me in here is the way Tom King uses language. And that's very apparent from early on in the first issue where they're having this discussion in the kitchen of how to describe the neighbors. 
and you realize just how important the actual like literal meanings of language are to these characters and being robots they are going to produce i'm sorry not robots synthesoids i don't want to be racist <laughs> the the way they deal with these knowledge is a, in a very literal way and both of us being writers i know that's something i really appreciated and i'm assuming you caught on to that as well oh god yeah yeah it, it's when you read a page and then you're like oh, hold on a second and go back and read it again just to appreciate how – clunky is the wrong word because mm-hmm. it gives the impression that it's poorly written and too wordy and things like that. But it fits in terms of what this is because it's a very logic-based narrative that goes through, not just in their conversations but in the narratives at, at different points as well. So it's – it's clunky, but in a good way, it, as it's supposed to be when you are listening to them speak. Again, beautifully written in that regard. I mean, even to the point in some of the the later issues when they're uh, they're getting the letters from the fans, and the fans are picking up on how important the language is and pointing out grammatical errors to Tom King. <laughs> and King's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, maybe I made a mistake, or maybe I really wrote it like that on purpose." <laughs> It's, it's it's amazing. I absolutely adore it. I didn't actually read the letter sections. I guess I may have to go back. Yeah, I kind of skimmed through them. But yeah, there's a couple where like there's some really good discussions of why he chooses the words he does in certain points where it might not be grammatically correct like we would expect from these characters. But, you know, they're not robots. They are they are partially human at least in you know the way they process information so they don't have to be perfectly accurate at all points i actually wouldn't i would not question this man's writing i i just i for this series i simply would not that's how impressed i am with it Mm -hmm. now i need to check out some of his other stuff that i wasn't that into either and maybe give some of that a second chance too yeah possibly and all this being said the inciting point of the entire storyline here is in the first issue when Vision is off doing Avengers stuff, the family home is attacked by the Grim Reaper, who is the brother of Simon Williams. And he's just gone completely insane. Well, he was always largely insane, but now he's freaking out that, you know, they're not his family and all, all this stuff. But when it all breaks down, the dude's dead in the middle of the kitchen. And it's now up to Virginia to hide this. Not just from, you know, the police, but from her own husband. And this is, it's so amazing. He said, it's how is a computer largely going to solve this problem in the most efficient way possible? And just this snowballs into this absolute disaster (laughs) that I, one of the funniest comic pages I have seen in ages is Vision walking into the backyard and seeing an electrocuted dog next to the dug-up, decomposing corpse of a supervillain. What I loved about that was the humanity that it gave Vision. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden, he has to be looking at what the repercussions of, of this are. Be it do the quote-unquote right thing report what has happened and things like that, what that's going to do to his family or try to hide it. And then what that does to 
his integrity as a hero, as a, an AI and things like that. But if he reports it, what that's going to mean for people's perceptions of AI as well. Like it's a, it's a very, very complex decision that he has to make. And I love that, that he makes the wrong one. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes the right one for his family, but morally speaking, makes the wrong call. But it, but it's the right call. You know, it's it's not a simple solution, and this is appears in our own reality. So it's it's never simple, and it's not that there's a quote unquote right or wrong. Like I'm saying, it is just that each one has each choice has its own repercussions as well, and and moral guidelines of are you doing right by your family? Are you doing right by society and, and things like that? I again so. So many interesting twists in this throughout each issue that I absolutely adored. And I love that his solution to the problem was buy the kids a puppy. Yeah. Make the kids a puppy. Well, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to catch uh, the last couple issues because we said we only read the first six. It's now up to issue nine. So I'm definitely going to fill in those blanks because – yeah, I, I now see why everybody was freaking out over the series, because not only is it fantastic on its own, but it's so unique. And like we said, that's the the comics from Marvel that we enjoy the most are the ones that do stand out from the crowd. Like, yeah, Spider-Man stuff is cool. X-Men stuff is cool. But the ones that really stick with us are the ones like Nova or Ms. Marvel that go against the grain and do their own thing and are also well written and well drawn as well. So this this is fitting into that same category now that it it's not just the quality, but it's also what it represents to the line as a whole. I like also that the superhero aspects of the comics of this comic are so small in comparison to everything else that goes on, like I said. But I love that those moments where he is being a superhero it reminded me very much of like Peter Parker when while fighting this monstrosity that's that's terrorizing New York is on his cell phone with Aunt May or with MJ <laughs> or whatever and trying to balance personal life with superhero life. And that's not something that we've seen Vision really do. At least I haven't really experienced that all too much. Maybe there was more of that when he was married to Wanda. But we're getting it here. And it's him dealing with his family, speaking with the family, trying to sort things out. And when, like, you know, okay, well, we'll see if we can get Nova to take my place because I got to go watch the kids while you go to this meeting that you have to go to. And meanwhile, there's this giant freaking thing attacking the city. So I I really love that about this as well. Yeah, it's it's the absurdity because this is a story they could tell with literally any other comic character. But the fact that they're doing it with the vision is what's making it as unique as it is. I think that it's also important, and this is probably the last thing that I'll say and then we can move on. Um, It's important because it presents us with a far different vision than what we've gotten in the movies. And right now we're getting a lot of people who are coming to comics because of the Avengers, because – well, not Batman v Superman, but you know, (laughs) Deadpool, the good ones. It's possible. You get a lot of people who loved Vision and 
suddenly want to know more about the character. They're not likely to go through back issues as much, but rather look at what he's doing now because he is an interesting character. But I think that as much as I enjoyed the performances in the movies, it it still didn't kind of feel like vision. It was far too Mm -hmm. human. Yes. And we get to see the flip side of that in here presented in the way that's still very, very much relatable that people new to the character, new to comics even can appreciate because again, a lot of people, part of what really um, prevents them from taking the, the plunge and trying comics is this idea of being adults reading superhero comics and the, this, this age old idea that those are just for kids, which we've established is not true, but still, Here is something where, yeah, there's a little bit of superhero here just to kind of whet your appetite. Maybe you'll want to try some of those out. But largely, it's a story about a family. And I think that a lot more adults reading this will be able to appreciate it a lot more. Like as a parent reading this, the idea that you'll do anything for your kids is ever present. And so those moments where she is torn because of what she did, the fact remains, if it happened again, she would do it again because she was protecting her kids. So there's there's so many elements here that I think newcomers to comics would really, really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out 100%. As for what else we've been reading, once again, I ain't got much. But I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about the storyline that just wrapped up in Amazing Spider-Man. And how much I absolutely hated it. <laughs> Did Have you checked out on this one? No, actually, I was – I don't have a lot to go on this week as well. <laughs> and so Spider-Man was my – one of the ones I was going to talk about. So, yeah. We well, that's literally that. the only thing I have. So I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's funny is that because I haven't hidden how much I, I have not enjoyed this. I have not. I enjoyed this finale more than any of the prior issues for this story arc. That's not saying I loved it and thought it was fantastic, but rather Mm -hmm. I actually thought it finished a lot stronger than it led up to. And and so much of that is the fact that we literally just saw almost this exact same story. This is basically the Renew Your Vows miniseries from Secret Wars being retold in the actual Marvel Universe. And it – it was just so uninteresting because, like, I know this character. I know what he can do. I know approximately, you know, where this is going. Like, you know, okay, Mary Jane stepping up and, like, doing something heroic was pretty cool. But it would have been so much cooler if I hadn't just read this essentially same exact issue six months ago. Not going to disagree at all. And then on top of that, this is a storyline that has nothing to do with Civil War that is built around Iron Man and Spider-Man fighting each other. Yeah, that was – it was, and the the whole inciting thing of the fight was just so phenomenally stupid. It's like it's like when two dogs like see each other from across the street and then just decide they're going to fight, like because there was no comprehensible reason why all of a sudden Iron Man and Spider Man are going to be fighting each other in the middle of the streets. But that was a lead up to it. That wasn't this issue. This is no, no. I'm I'm, I'm talking about the storyline. Yeah, yeah, well. no. But that's what I talked about that before and how much I hated. This goddamn idea of, oh, we got to pit hero against hero again, because that's what the the only thing we're doing in comics right now. To, to the point where in this issue, 
Miles even says that. He's yeah. like, you know, this would have been a lot easier if you guys hadn't been fighting each other. Why do you people always have to fight each other? Maybe it's going to be up to us you know, in the next generation to stop this problem. I'm like, Miles, please, please, please do this. Yeah. <laughs> You're my hope for the future. You and the rest of the kids in your awesome new Champions comic are my only hope for the future of comics. See, the thing is, is that you can pit hero against hero. Sure. In a, I'm just going to say it, in a mature way where it's adults having a disagreement or even adults get coming to blows because that <laughs> happens. But this was juvenile. The, the, the entire premise was so unbelievably juvenile. Granted, Parker and, and Stark aren't necessarily the most mature of the, the, the roster, but still, it was juvenile and was hard to swallow as a reader. You're going like, this is just fake. As, as much as these two are idiots, mm-hmm. this was fake and forced and, and was absolutely stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like MJ coming up and, and being badass. And because it's MJ, it's completely believable kind of thing that she would just step up and do this. So I liked that. And that was primarily what I enjoyed as well. Not the breaking everybody out and he's losing his powers. Because again, that's kind of like, doesn't really make sense also. And not a whole bunch of other things too that were stupid. I've got no use for this anti-hero at all. There was a lot of things that I wasn't crazy about, but I I still felt it was a better ending than I expected. Let's put it that way. And just uh, to actually kind of segue, because I just reminded something else. Mary Jane is also literally the only good thing going on the Iron Man comics right now, too. (laughs) And because I I actually read both of the issues, uh, the latest Amazing Spider-Man and the latest Invincible Iron Man. And it's so obvious, hey, we have an event thing coming up. Wrap up all your stories now, because this this story was so quick. And the same thing in Invincible Iron Man. They've been setting up a story for issues upon issues, and then all of a sudden everything comes to a crashing halt. It, it The pacing on Marvel's comics overall right now is atrocious, and it's all with this, you know, event setups that we constantly have to go through. So it that on top of it just not being a very interesting story is it killed it for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it is really hard to express just how disappointing this is for both of us. But let's be honest, mostly me because, <laughs> because Sp- slot Spider-Man run there for the longest bloody time was like my gospel. It was mm-hmm. the comic that it's like, I cannot wait to read the next issue. And I have been letting these sit until I can read like three or so at a time just to force myself to get through it at times just because I have simply not enjoyed it at all. I mean, it, every writer reaches a point where they've kind of done everything they're going to do well with a character or, or a team. Like I think we've kind of reached the point where slot can move on to something else. Let somebody else write Spider-Man like, like Bendis's Avengers. I loved it for so many years until I didn't. And even Bendis with Miles and, you know, loved it for so long until I didn't. And I'm kind of starting to not to. So it's just everybody's going to run out of ideas eventually. And just I think we're definitely at that point with Slot and Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I much as I hate to agree. Yeah. All right. Then what else did you have to talk about? The only other one that I was going to talk about was another Spider-Man comic and it's Spidey. I mentioned it mm-hmm. on our last episode, how I enjoy the, the team-ups and all that. And this one here was with uh, – it was kind of like a, a fake team-up because it was 
him and Gwen, essentially, kind of thing. She was doing her hero stuff and he was doing his going up against Electro. Not nearly as good as the other ones. Still better than Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, that's it for me. I've, I'm still digging through the archives, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles archives, and working my way through those. So I, I got nothing else for, for this week. Yeah, I've actually been reading like old school X-Men stuff lately. Right. <laughs> I remember how I said I was going to go back and reread some X-Factor. I've been going back and rereading some X-Factor. Well, that's what I had been doing as well. I, I was picking story arcs and just kind of reading through those. And and some are good and some really don't hold up. <laughs> All right, then this week's new releases, lots of stuff from Marvel. We have all new X-Men number 11, Civil War 2 number 3, as well as a bunch of tie-ins I'm not going to mention. Deadpool number 15, Guardians of the Galaxy number 10, Gwenpool number 4, New Avengers number 13, Old Man Logan number 8, Power Man and Iron Fist number 6, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 7, The Vision number 9, and Web Warriors number 9. You know what? That's actually a good, good roundup for the week. Yeah. <laughs> if you avoid all the Civil War crap, you still have a really good week. I have not read any Civil War stuff. You're not missing I know, anything. which is why I'm not reading it. <laughs> From Image, Descender, number 13, as well as The Wicked and the Divine, number 21. From IDW, Dungeons & Dragons, Shadows of the Vampire, number 3, and Ragnarok, number 9. And finally, From Valiant, Bloodshot Reborn, number 15, and Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, number 9. And that's going to wrap us up here this week at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. And until next week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.